Big Supreme Court decision today regarding asylum seekers. This is big, big news. We're going to talk more about that in a minute because I also want to share with you some new news about something President Trump said on Tuesday in Arizona. We were talking about the wall, immigration, and asylum. Please listen closely to what he had to say. We'll talk about it on the other side. Nearly 450,000 pounds of drugs have been seized this year, and 2,337 criminal aliens have been apprehended. We've stopped asylum fraud, ended catch and release. Uh, if you look at so many of the different crimes that come through the border, they're stopped. We've implemented groundbreaking agreements with Mexico. I want to thank the president of Mexico. He's really a great guy. I think he'll be coming into Washington pretty soon to the White House. But they have a total of what's the number today, would you say? Soldiers, what would you say? Over 20,000, sir. Yeah, over 20. So we've had 27,000, 28,000, 25,000 Mexican soldiers are on our border, making sure people aren't coming across. So I want to also uh, say that we've made a lot of progress with Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras. And now when somebody comes over, whether it's MS-13 or anybody else, we bring them back and they take them gladly. Uh, in the previous administration, they didn't take him at all. They wouldn't take him. They said, you keep him. So there's so much going on these days, as we all know, but there is a lot of incredible information in that clip right there. One, just the reduction of drugs coming across the border. Now, some might say, hey, Chris, it's because of COVID, but they shut down the border, so it's not coming in here. But the new news I want to share with you tonight is being reported that the president of Mexico, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, is coming to the United States in July. What's exciting, this is going to be President Amlo's first trip abroad since he became president of Mexico. And again, I think all of us should be saying thank you to President Amlo because he's the one that really initiated the Mexican National Guard. Before President Trump and him, they didn't really have a Mexican National Guard, if you will. And they've been doing an amazing job. You just heard President Trump say there, 20, 25,000 troops that are along not only our southern border, which we know is important, but also it might be even more important as they've got a bunch of National Guard troops along the Mexican southern border with Guatemala. Remember the caravans coming up? Um, I have heard whispers of a new one. So if we get some more veracity to that, we definitely will let you know. But the other thing President Trump mentioned there is that what they've done now to begin to eliminate asylum fraud. We talked about this a lot a while ago when immigration, it's always been a big conversation. And remember, there was a very high percentage of asylum seekers that didn't really have true stories based on what the CBP was doing there. So that's part of this SCOTUS decision that took place earlier today. They said, look, if you show up and you your um, primary fear, if you will, of being persecuted in your home country, if that cannot be verified according to CBP or the, the person that makes that decision, you do not have a constitutional right then to appeal that in a U.S. court. That is big big news. Now, I sat down with uh, immigration attorney David Chapman earlier today on a Facebook Live Zoom call. I want to share with you a little bit of what he had to say about today's Supreme Court decision. Once this man uh, said that he had a credible fear or had a fear, they handed him off to an asylum officer to determine whether his fear was credible, that he would be persecuted when he went home to Sri Lanka. And he determined that he was not uh, subject to, uh, he did not present a credible fear because he hadn't mentioned any of the bases for asylum. And that's persecution by the government on the basis of political opinion, membership in a group, uh, race, uh, religion, or sex. And the case law is pretty clear on that. 
So he then filed uh, with the courts what's called a habeas corpus petition. And under the Constitution, if you're unlawfully detained, you have the right to go before a federal court and have a judge determine whether or not you should be released. But what he was using it for was to try and get around a statute. So why does that matter to you? Uh, immigration, again, big conversation. But what's important to note is you may remember, especially during the President Obama administration, where many people, and we've showed you some of this documentation in the past, are being coached on how to claim asylum, what to say when they get to the border, and what was happening in the past until President Trump showed up. Now they've got to actually wait in Mexico, but they would claim asylum, and then there was the catch and release, the catch and release program. So. This, on top of what President Trump is doing, along again, that's why we're saying thank you to President AMLO from Mexico, having people stay in Mexico is making a dramatic impact on immigration in our country. And what that means for you, obviously, is better opportunities for jobs because you don't have low-wage workers coming in to take those jobs, potentially raising your wages. So follow that. We will continue to update if there's any new information there. Also, uh, with Mr. Chapman, the immigration attorney there, we did talk about the recent SCOTUS decision as well. So if you have any interest in that, Again, just go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash POV now. All right, our D.C. Bureau caught up with Senator Kevin Kramer. Uh, I believe it was today, maybe yesterday, but to get his point of view on the Theodore Roosevelt statue coming down in New York City, obviously because he's got such close ties here to North Dakota. But we also want to get his point of view on the Justice Act. That's the one about police reform. He co-sponsored that with Senator Tim Scott. If you support or do not support the statue of Theodore Roosevelt coming down in New York City. You know, it's really sort of none of my business in, in many respects, other than Theodore Roosevelt, such a beloved uh, North Dakota figure, obviously important uh, historical personality in our state. But um, I guess my personal view of it is I, I, I'm, I'm not one of the offended, if you will. Uh, I see the, the statue in its context, uh, its historical context. Uh, I, I don't see any um, sort of racism in the statue. I think actually the depiction of Roosevelt on his horse and, uh, and the, the two people standing next to him, um, while not equal, I think it's important to remember that they aren't. I mean, one, one is the president of the United States uh, and, and the others, um, are paid, it appears to me that, that are, are friendly with him, that he's friendly with them. Uh, I, I see it that way. However, again, I'm not I'm not part of the the, the class that may be offended by it. I, I would so I, I guess my personal view is I like the statue. My you know beyond that I understand why some may not, and I think that the process that the museum board used to make its decision was appropriate. Uh, I. I you know, while I don't necessarily agree with it, I certainly support it. It's their statue. Um, the fact that Theodore Roosevelt IV himself, a, a member of that board, supports the decision, I think it speaks volumes. And, and uh, you know, I think, frankly, I think the process that they used should be an example of how we ought to do it with all of the monuments and statues and the renamings uh, that we're considering around the country. How do you think removing this statue will impact Theodore Roosevelt's legacy in North Dakota? Yeah, that's a great question and important point. I don't think it impacts it a bit. Theodore Roosevelt is famous for a number of things, and in North Dakota, he's most famous for being a conservationist. And really, his, his uh, 
heart for conservation um, you know was really fostered in the, in the badlands of North Dakota and to us he's a, he's obviously a hero in that sense and, and we're obviously as a state proud to have had uh, somebody who became president that lived and been a, a citizen of our state a corporate citizen of our state owning a couple of branches and uh, making making his time in North Dakota such an important part of his legacy and his legacy is you know certainly uh, exemplified in Theodore Roosevelt National Park and Medora uh, the Badlands in general and, and of course uh, Mount Rushmore so I think um, I don't think it has any impact whatsoever on his legacy in North Dakota nor do I think it'll have any impact on his legacy anywhere the, the important thing in, in my view and if I have any concern it's that um, many of these statues that were that were erected in a particular time depicting a particular uh, historical moment in time are important for reminding us of our history um, but they're also important for shaping our future and to that end I, I would hope that statues like the one of Roosevelt and others um, won't be destroyed but rather would be used as teaching tools to uh, to both remember our past and hopefully shape a better future for us you can give your reaction to what happened yesterday with the Justice Act, uh, it being blocked for consideration. Well, I think what happened yesterday is that Democrats demonstrated in living color that they are far more interested in chaos prevailing in the streets of this country and violence continuing and the desecration of American symbols and history uh, being promoted than they are in solving the problem. They have made a calculated decision that they are politically better off with chaos in the streets than they are with the solution to the problem that they say is so urgent. And it was, it was despicable, it was um, unfortunate, um, and I hope, and I certainly hope, that the people across the country see it for what it is, and that is a, a, a morally deprived Democratic Party in this country that has now acquiesced to the mobs and the thugs of this country and, uh, and have no interest in solving a problem. Because if a problem solved, that might look too good for people like Senator Tim Scott and the Republican majority in the Senate and the President of the United States, Donald Trump. Ironically, um, now the House is going to take up a 100% partisan bill, radical partisan bill, offering and allowing zero amendments. The Justice Act in the Senate, what they blocked was even consideration of the bill. Even after they've been, they were guaranteed the opportunity to present multiple amendments, have an open debate in the public arena, uh, they blocked that. But they're all for having a 100% Democratic partisan bill in the House that offers zero amendments, zero opportunity for not just Republicans, but even Democrats to put up more amendments. So I thought it was a despicable act and I hope they're embarrassed by it. And I hope that they're, I hope the people across the country are embarrassed for them.